I'd like to thank my patrons over on Patreon for supporting this and every episode of this podcast. Patrons of this show get access to exclusive content on the Patreon page, bonus hotshot episodes, monthly live Q&A sessions with me, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. But above all, they get my undying gratitude for helping make this podcast possible and helping me reach for bigger goals like stipends for guests, improved software and equipment, bonus content, and more. If you'd like to support the show by becoming a patron and also receive my undying gratitude, head over to patreon.com slash just grow something or use the link in the show notes. Okay, basically, carrots are divas. One little bump in the road can cause them to turn in a different direction. So amend your soil with lots of loose compost and remove whatever rocks that you can. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This Garden Talk Tuesday, we're going to continue with another cool weather crop that is perfect for a fall harvest, carrots. Carrots can either be a complete failure or a rousing success, and 90% of that depends on your soil composition. We'll dig into that in a minute. But first, a quick update on the gardening as therapy episode, episode 39, you know, the one with the really messed up audio. (laughs) It's been fixed, finally. I uploaded the raw version to avoid any errors, so excuse the awkward awkward pauses in there. Um, Now, I don't know how that works in podcast players once you update something that's already been published, like how long the new version takes to push out into the world. Um, But if you'd like to jump back in and give that a listen, I will link to the corrected version that's on my anchor page in the show notes. I appreciate your patience. I have no idea what happened there, um, and it was pretty ugly to the ears, and I hope the audio updates for anyone who comes along and listens later. Now, let's dig into growing carrots. So we'll start with the basics. The scientific name of carrot is Dacus carota subspecies sativus. And now here's a note about that subspecies. Anytime you see the words sativa, sativus, or sativum, just know that it simply means cultivated. So carrots are the cultivated version of the wild Dacus carota. So carrots are in the Apiaceae, or parsley family, so it shares a lot of common characteristics with others in that family, like celery and parsley, cilantro or coriander, dill, fennel, and parsnip. There are also more nefarious members of this family that we classify as weeds, like giant hogweed and poison hemlock, that can be dangerous to people and to livestock. We actually have a very large volume of poison hemlock in our area, and it's super important to be able to distinguish it um, from Queen Anne's lace, which is just wild carrot. 
So you'll notice that the members of this family all have similar looking flowers that appear in the form of an umbel. And this family of plants is sometimes referred to as umbelliferae or the umbellifers for that reason. So carrots and their cousins originated in Europe in southwestern Asia, and they likely were originally cultivated in Persia for their leaves and their seeds. In fact, the first mentions of carrots date back as far as 500 BC in Greek writings. The carrot is a biennial. And so even though we cultivate it and eat it now for its taproot in the first season, the second season is when it produces its seeds. And this is very similar to a lot of other crops in that same family. So let's talk about the cultural significance and ethnobotanical uses. Remember, ethnobotany is the study of a region's plants and their practical uses through the traditional knowledge of a local culture and its people. These uses are cited as a historical and anthropological resource. Never ingest the parts of any plant without being absolutely positive of its effect upon the human body. Traditionally, Carrot seeds and the leaves of wild carrots were credited with cleansing the intestines and as a diuretic, an anti-diarrheal, and an anti-anemic. The root itself has been used to resolve vitamin A deficiencies and to help control blood sugar levels, and many believe that it can be an anti-carcinogenic due to its high levels of beta-carotene. Just know that there is no conclusive evidence that supports this. But overall, carrots do provide a good amount of nutrition. Um, one medium-sized 61-gram carrot contains just 25 calories, no fat, no cholesterol, 42 milligrams of sodium, 195 milligrams of potassium, and 1.7 grams of dietary fiber. There's not much protein, and there's only 6 grams of carbs, but it's got good amounts of vitamin C, vitamin B6, and 73% of your daily requirement of vitamin A. So now that we've got that down, why don't we jump into the cultivation of carrots? And like I mentioned, carrots are a cool season crop, and they absolutely require well-drained soil. Now, on top of the well-draining soil, they really prefer soil that is deep, loose, free of any stones, and very high in organic matter. The roots can become twisted and forked if they are in any kind of a heavy soil. Okay, basically carrots are divas. One little bump in the road can cause them to turn in a different direction. So amend your soil with lots of loose compost and remove whatever rocks that you can. Raised beds are really great for carrots for this reason because you can control the soil composition better. Um, carrots prefer a pH of between 6 to 6.8, but they can tolerate as low as 5.5 and as alkaline as 7.5. And they require only a moderate amount of nitrogen. Too much nitrogen can actually cause the roots to branch. So if you do need to amend anything, a fertilizer or an amendment that is higher in the phosphorus and lower in the nitrogen, like a, um, a 510.5 um, is going to be the best for growing carrots. They do prefer full sun, but they can tolerate some very light shade if necessary. The best way to cultivate 
carrots is to propagate them by seed. It's not really a crop that you want to plant ahead of a time and transplant. Although I have seen it done by some farmers on a large scale, you do run the risk of getting really wonky carrots if you disturb the roots too much to transplant them. So I recommend just directly seeding them into your soil. They have a pretty wide germination temperature. Um, the soil um, can be anywhere from 50 degrees to 85 degrees Fahrenheit, and they'll actually germinate at temperatures as low as 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Generally speaking, 75 Fahrenheit is kind of that sweet spot if they've got adequate moisture, and they should germinate in about a week or so at that temperature. But that adequate moisture is the key with carrots. Keeping them moist while you wait for them to germinate is actually pretty critical. And they can germinate in that seven days, but oftentimes it can take them up to three weeks. So if you plant them in the spring, you're going to want to plant about two to three weeks before the last frost. And then if you're going to plant for a fall harvest, you want to plant about 10 to 12 weeks before your first expected frost, which for those of you in our area, that would be right about now. You want to plant them half an inch deep, half an inch apart, in rows about 12 to 24 inches apart. I can't stress enough how critical having a deeply worked soil with a fairly fine and weed-free seedbed will increase your chances of a successful crop. Carrots don't like the competition of sea of weeds and they definitely like the loose soil. Like I said in the beginning, the result of your carrot crop lives and dies with your soil conditions. So carrots are slow to germinate. Like I said, one to three weeks um, is normal time for germination on carrots. And they'll often germinate unevenly over a period of several weeks. So this is why it's important to keep the soil moist while you wait for those to pop up. And there are a bunch of different techniques for doing this. Besides just watering daily, you can use cardboard to cover the rows to make sure that you're trapping the moisture in. And if you do use something like cardboard though, make sure that you're checking daily after about a week to see if they've started to sprout. You don't want them sprouting up while underneath the cardboard and then sitting and waiting for a few days and getting leggy trying to find some light. You can also use like a wooden plank or board to help with germination. If you, so just make a, a small furrow about two inches deep and then you plant the seed and then cover it with about a half an inch of soil. And then cover the furrow with a board or a wooden plank to retain the soil moisture until the seeds germinate. Once again, just make sure that you're checking frequently so you remove the board right away when the seeds begin to sprout. Now, if you are somebody who has a flame weeder, and I've mentioned this before, one of my favorite little tools, here is a trick that you can use for making sure that your crop remains weed-free. Because carrots take so long to germinate, you have the opportunity to flame weed before the crop pops up. So what we have done with a lot of success in the past is going ahead and seeding our crop of carrots and getting it the soil to be moist and seeing whether or not any weed seeds pop up. After about mm, six or seven days or so, I will go back through and I will flame weed across the top of that crop. It's 
basically burning off any seedlings of the weeds that are starting to pop up and germinate and killing them right then and there. But the carrots haven't germinated at that point, which means that they're safe and we now have a fairly weed-free bed. So if you're somebody that uses a flame weeder, this is a really good way to ensure that your carrot crop stays weed-free. Another way also is just to make sure that you have a, a cultivation or weed tool that is handy that can fit in between your carrot rows. That way, as the carrots are coming up, and they're growing, you can cultivate in between those rows. It will not only keep the soil loose and make it easier for your carrots to expand under the soil, but it's also going to keep those weeds from germinating in between. It's not going to help you too much in the rows, but it will help you in between the rows. So another trick too is you can sow radishes in the same row as your carrots. The, the radishes germinate really quickly, so they're going to break that soil crust, and they're also going to mark the row to indicate where your carrot rows are. And then the radishes are going to be ready to harvest much more quickly than the carrots. So you can harvest them before they start to compete with your carrots. And harvesting the radishes actually may help thin the carrots out a little bit and, again, keeps that soil loose. Thinning is critical to reduce competition from neighboring plants when you're growing carrots. You want to thin down your carrots to about one to four inch spacing, depending on the size of the carrot that you want and the size of the, the variety that you're growing. And you want to do this before the plants are about two inches tall. Now, the best way to thin carrots, other than you know what gets pulled up when you harvest a radish, is to cut the tops off at the soil level. So cutting them rather than pulling them reduces disturbances on the other plants. And like I said before, once carrots start to get established, they don't like to have those roots disturbed. So cutting them helps eliminate part of that problem. Now, you can also use seed tape or pelleted seed to make your spacing more even so that you don't have to worry about thinning as much. Um, if you've ever seen seed tape before, for these tiny, tiny little seeds, they quite literally are attached along a strip of um, a sort of paper product that they call a tape. And you literally just lay this down in the bed and you cover it with some soil and you water it as usual. And so the, the seeds are evenly spaced all along that tape. You can also buy pelleted seeds, which have a coating, a clay coating on the outside of the seed, which makes it larger so it's easier to space them out. Those take a little bit longer to germinate and you really have to make sure that they stay evenly moist in order to get through that coating. But it's another way to, um, to keep yourself from having to thin out those carrots. You can also mix the carrot seed in roughly equal proportions with either sand or dried coffee grounds and plant it that way. I've always had a problem with getting out there and thinning my carrots on time. And so I end up with a lot of skinny pencil sized carrots as a result. So I have tried different tricks throughout the years. Some of these work better than others for me. Um, I don't prefer the seed tapes. I do like the, the pelleted seeds 
especially if I'm using um, a push seeder. I have an earthway seeder that I will use. Um, I have not yet tried the sand or the coffee grounds, but I think I'm going to try the coffee grounds because, you know, you guys know I love my coffee. And so we have a lot of coffee grounds. So I might be trying that for one of my um, my winter seeded uh, crops. So uh, stay tuned. I'll update you on that. Regardless of what way you use to uh, to plant your carrot seeds, you want to mulch. Um, you know I love my mulch. It's going to help keep the soil cool. It'll help conserve that moisture. And it's also going to keep any um, of the exposed shoulders when the carrots start to sort of pop up out of the ground um, from turning green because that can make them bitter. So um, mulch is always a, a really good idea. Now you can also do some succession plantings with, with carrots. Um, if you get them planted early enough in spring, you can make some additional plantings about every three weeks. If you live in a cooler area, you can actually go all the way through midsummer for a completely continuous supply and, uh, and go right into planting for your fall harvest. Just Keep in mind that the root quality on carrots is best when the soil temperatures are between 60 and 70 Fahrenheit. So um, if you can sow in the very early spring, that's great. They will tolerate a frost, but some varieties will bolt if the temperatures are too cold. And if you're in a warmer climate, you might get two crops in the spring, but then the soil temperatures are likely going to be too high for germination. Um, well, not for really for germination, but more for proper root growth. Um, and you'll need to wait until like the late summer to plant again for a fall crop. Because the shape of a carrot root is actually determined right within the first few weeks after germination because that's when that plant is starting to extend the tap root deep down into the soil. So this is the period where if it hits an obstacle, you end up getting funky carrots. It's not that you can't eat them, but there is just something so satisfying about pulling a big, beautifully formed carrot right out of the soil. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You've heard me talk about First Saturday Lime, the environmentally friendly alternative to pesticides that we use on our farm. We use it everywhere, in the gardens, in the chicken coops, in the pig pastures, and around the outside of our home. First Saturday Lime created a non-caustic formula that is tough on bugs, but totally safe for humans and pets. And now, as a listener of the Just Grow Something podcast, First Saturday Lime can be your favorite natural pest control, too. You can save 20% off your first order by using the code JUSTGROW at checkout at firstsaturdaylime.com. It's a super strong formula derived from eco-friendly products, and it's so effective, I have a 20-pound bag delivered every month to use on the first Saturday. Go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code JUSTGROW for 20% off your first order. 
So let's talk about container growing. Carrots are really well suited to growing in containers. Raised beds are perfect. Just be sure that your beds are deep enough for the carrot variety that you choose. Really, a minimum of 12 inches is best. But if you have shallow beds, there are varieties that are short and blunt, and there's some that are even fat and round. So you could just choose the cultivar that best suits your situation. You can also do carrots in pots or in buckets. Just be sure that you have a good amount of organic matter mixed in with your potting soil so that the soil doesn't get too tight. So a 50-50 mix of potting soil and compost is really good. And then just properly space the seeds in the container to give them room to grow. You can get about 10 to 15 good-sized carrots out of a five-gallon bucket. Just make sure that you have good drainage. And like with all container growing, be sure to monitor your moisture levels. Carrots don't need to be waterlogged once they've started growing, but you should water when the soil about three inches down has gotten dry. Now, the fun thing about carrots is that they come in all kinds of colors. We may be most familiar with the cultivated orange ones that we see in the store, but heirloom varieties of carrots come in colors from white to pale yellow to purple to deep orange. And some have one color on the outside and another color on the inside. This makes it a really great crop for kids, too. If they have the patience to get past the waiting period for the seed to germinate, they'll have a lot of fun watching them grow. Part of the fun is not seeing what's happening under the soil until you're harvesting them. And you can consider a Paris market variety that grows in the shape of a really large radish, and it reaches maturity fairly quickly, and then grow that alongside some longer-rooted ones for some interest. So carrot varieties generally fall into one of six types, and all of our sort of common cultivars fall into one of these categories. So when you're reading the seed descriptions in your catalog, it will generally say it is a such and such type. And so that will give you a good idea of what to expect out of the size and shape of that variety. This will help you pick the varieties that are best for your specific growing condition. So um, the six different types are there's an imperator, which gets to about 10 inches long and are very slender. Danvers, which gets up to seven inches long and is also slender, but wider at the top than the imperator type. And they have a very strong flavor. Nantes, this is also up to seven inches long, but it's a bit more cylindrical than tapered and it has a sweet flavor. Chantenay, which gets up to about five inches. It is wide at the top and then it starts to taper down towards the bottom. Amsterdam, which is about three inches long, they're thin and slender, and these ones are really good for an early harvest or for really less than ideal soil conditions. And then there's the Paris Market or Parisian. These are round and short, and they're about an inch and a half in diameter, um, resembling a large radish. So if you choose one of the longer types, the Imperator or the Danvers or a Nantes, just make sure you've got the soil conditions for it. Deep, loose, and free of stones or heavy clods is going to do the best for these. Um, Anything other than that, try the Chantenay. Um, They're wider at the top. They do taper a little bit, but they're a little bit shorter. And then for the, the least ideal conditions, the Amsterdam or the Paris market are usually good choices. Let's talk about 
pests in our carrots. The biggest pest to a carrot crop is probably the carrot rust fly. It comes in and it lays its eggs in the soil near the top of the carrot. And then when the eggs hatch, the larvae work their way down into the soil and then into the root. So they feed and they create tunnels all throughout the carrot. There's also carrot weevils and they do just similar to the same thing. So crop rotation will help keep both of these out of your carrot crops. So don't plant anything in the same family where you planted carrots for at least three years. And make sure that you clean up any garden debris at the end of the season to discourage them from hanging around. You can also exclude these pests altogether from a crop by growing your carrots under row covers. Now, we do this partly to keep these, these weevils and the rust flies away, but also to keep out the rabbits and the deer. So while the tops are still very young and tender, we make sure that we have the row covers over them. Now, we sometimes have to pull these back sooner rather than later because if we have a spring where it starts to get very, very warm very quickly, um, it'll trap too much of that heat under there and that's not really good for the carrots. So we sometimes end up pulling them back earlier than we anticipate. But in most instances... By that point, the carrots have already begun to really um, grow to a good size and we have less chance of the rust flies or the weevils getting to them. Uh, the deer and the rabbits are a, a whole other story at that point. <laughs> um, nematodes can also become a problem later in the season. Um, these can cause the roots to be, get really badly deformed. Um, you can heat up the soil through solarization to kill off nematodes in your soil. Um, this is the process of putting black plastic or clear plastic down onto the soil and literally letting it cook or bake the soil to kill these things off. It also does well for killing off weeds and stuff too. My only problem with solarization is you can also tend to, to kill off the good bugs and the good bacteria that are in that soil. So if you're struggling with carrick nematodes in a particular spot, just rotate to a different crop and plant your carrots someplace else. And that will basically starve the nematodes at that point. And, uh, and you can go ahead and rotate your carrots back in at a later date. And then finally, um, leaf hoppers. These spread diseases that can cause carrots to be woody or get particularly hairy and bitter. Um, Really, the best way to deal with these is by attracting predators of leafhoppers, like green lacewings and ladybugs and predaceous mites. This is really the only way to control these guys. You can also deter them from hopping onto the plants by using a dusting of first Saturday lime or a diatomaceous earth or by spot treating with insecticidal soap. Once you've got them, you really won't be able to eradicate them fully, but you can keep them under control. Uh, diseases in carrots. Um, once again, you know, to prevent diseases, don't plant carrots or other members of the same family in the same spot more than once every three years. There are a handful of leaf spot and bacterial diseases that can affect carrots, um, alternaria, leaf blight, bacterial soft rot, those types of things. They're all soil-borne diseases and they persist in the soil and there's not much that you can do once you have plants that are infected. You just need to keep a close eye on the crop and remove any plants that are showing signs of disease. 
just again, make sure at the end of the season, you are cleaning up all of the garden debris and that you rotate your carrots through a different section of the garden the following year. Um, Soilborne diseases are, are really hard to manage in any other way other than proper crop rotation. So if you've made it through all of these diseases and pests and you've, you've found the correct type of carrot to grow, um, maybe it's time to harvest your carrots now. The weird thing about carrots is you can't really tell how good the carrot looks by how good the tops look. I've had plants with big, beautiful foliage and hardly anything as a root. And then I've had skinny, scrawny little tops with these big, fat roots underneath. So it's kind of hit or miss. <laughs> I generally just start checking the size of the, the carrots by pulling some of the soil away from the top of the roof to see if it's at the right size. You can technically harvest at just about any size. So when they're to the size that you like them, loosen the soil up around the base at the top of the root and gently start to pull it from the soil. Now, if the soil has gotten dry and it has tightened up around the root, or if you have a really high clay content in your soil and it's locked up a little bit, the best bet is to grab the shovel, not the garden trowel, an actual full-sized shovel. This will allow you to dig down deep and loosen the root to avoid breaking it off in the ground. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had a giant carrot end up half in the soil and half in my hand because the soil wasn't loose enough. And that's really the crux of it. Sometimes you can't get the soil texture exactly the way your little diva carrots want it to be. Sometimes it's about working with whatever you've got and choosing cultivars that are bred for your type of soil. I've had good success with varieties that are bred specifically for tough soil, so I stick with those for my main crop, but that doesn't stop me from trying all the really cool heirloom varieties too. You just work with whatever you've got. So that's it for carrots. If you haven't tried them before, or if you've only had mild success in the past, I encourage you to amend your soil with some good organic matter, or maybe prep some beds and some buckets and shoot for a nice fall crop of carrots. You can plant a little bit later too, and then leave them in the ground and harvest through the winter if you mulch them really well. Winter carrots are super sweet after a few frosts. And here's another little tip. Try planting some carrots very late in the season, about three to four weeks before your ground really starts to freeze up, but early enough that you haven't hit your Persephone period yet, so you still get some growth. If you can get some good growth on them before they go dormant, they'll take right off in the spring, and you'll have an early crop of carrots without having to rush to get the seeds in the ground. So if you haven't yet, jump on over to our Facebook page and search for Just Grow Something Gardening Friends. It's a group of gardeners and foodies, and we'd love to have you join us. I'll see you back here on Friday for another Focal Point Friday episode where I'll be talking a little bit about succession planting. Until then, have a great rest of the week in your garden. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. 
Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.